Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Last Sisyphus, a podcast dedicated to fiction and philosophy. I'm your host, Colin Jones, and today I want to talk about Arthur Schopenhauer's essay on thinking for yourself. Everyone tends to believe that they truly do think for themselves. It does not matter which side of the political aisle one finds themselves on. Everyone believes they ought to be the example others follow. I have heard these very same sentiments uttered from every side of almost every discussion concerning politics, philosophy, literature, and culture. The simple fact is that this is simply not true. For X person to find the folly and wise position does not necessarily mean that X person is correct. And oftentimes, X person is just as wrong as Y person. It is much easier to find the logical gap or rhetorical deficiency in another's position than to reflect on our own with the same level of scrutiny. I think this is common to all of us. Arthur Schopenhauer, an 18th century German philosopher, drew attention to this very thing in his short essay entitled On Thinking for Yourself. The essay starts out, quote, as the biggest library, if it is in disorder, is not as useful as a small but well-arranged one. So you may accumulate a vast amount of knowledge, but it will be of far less value to you than a much smaller amount if you have not thought it over for yourself. Because only through ordering what you know by comparing every truth with every other truth can you take complete possession of your own knowledge and get it into your power. You can think about only what you know, so you ought to learn something. On the other hand, you can know only what you have thought about. This goes against the popular adage of today which can be summarized as, read widely. I hear this little quip a lot, especially in graduate school. Read widely. It is easy enough to grasp what is meant here, but according to Schopenhauer, it is the wrong mentality for the majority of people. I will be the first one to say that I do not think enough people read today. I mean really sitting down and really reading a substantial book, with pages. Tweets and audiobooks do not count as reading, in my view at least not in the proper sense. Not only do books expose one to others' ideas, feelings, and methods of operating in a complex world, it also exercises our brain in a way unique to the activity of reading itself. Schopenhauer was living during a time when those who vested a substantial interest in knowledge were typically found within the walls of academia. Though this has only changed a bit since his time, colleges and universities are still considered the retreats for those who put a premium on literature, philosophy, and the discourse surrounding metaphysical questions, among other things, also known as the humanities. Schopenhauer's issue was that when he looked at those around him, he saw too many people reading instead of engaging with their own mind, their own thoughts. This is what I would refer to as a second-order problem today. Not only are there not enough people reading today, there are certainly not enough people coming coming to their own conclusions. Social media is perhaps best known for its allegiance to echo chambers. I'm sure many of us are quite familiar with these. Very few people do their own research or come up with ideas independent of someone else they have read or heard. We all know someone who claims to be an expert on X subject just because they heard it on the news or saw a friend post about it on social media. That doesn't make you an expert at all. Schopenhauer goes on, quote, The result of much reading robs the mind of all elasticity as the continual pressure of a weight does a spring. And that the surest way of never having any thoughts of your own 
is to pick up a book every time you have a free moment. The practice of doing this is the reason erudition makes most men duller and sillier than they might have been by nature and robs their readings of all effectiveness, close quote. Schopenhauer carries on, quote, Fundamentally, it is only our own basic thoughts that possess truth in life. For only these do we really understand through and through. The thoughts of another that we have read are crumbs from another's table, the cast-off clothes of an unfamiliar guest. It is a hundred times more valuable if you have arrived at it a thought by thinking for yourself. For only then will it enter your thought system as an integral part and living member, be perfectly and firmly consistent with it, and in accord with all its other consequences and conclusions. Bear the hue, color, and stamp of your whole manner of thinking, and have arrived at just the moment it was needed. Thus, it will stay firmly and forever lodged in your mind. Close quote. This is what Alexander Pope meant when he wrote, quote, forever reading, never to be read, close quote. If every person who sat down to write a book or a piece of philosophy only ever relied on those they have read in the past, they would never have an original thought. And I do think that writers and philosophers and any other kind of communicator has done this in the past. But the goal should be to come up with our own thoughts, to establish a framework and a worldview all our own. That doesn't mean that we can't be influenced by others. Obviously, we're going to be influenced by other people, but it doesn't mean that we need to be completely consumed by someone else's worldview. The ultimate goal of sitting down to read a text is to refine our own predispositions. I do not mean we should only read what will bolster our own ideas about the world, also known as confirmation bias, but I do think we need to have an idea about X before we decide to read someone else's opinion about X. This amounts to reading criticism on Immanuel Kant's critique of pure reason instead of reading Kant's critique of pure reason. The fundamental thesis is that we rely too heavily on other people's opinions. Not only this, but we tend to view other people's opinions as our own without having given the whole thing a fair bit of thought ourselves. This point is hit home when Schopenhauer said that this distinction is what, quote, determines the difference between a thinker and a mere scholar, close quote. So the takeaway from what Schopenhauer is trying to communicate in On Thinking for Yourself is to think for yourself and then read and then consider others' ideas in that order. If you enjoyed this daily reflection and by extension this podcast, please consider supporting me through Patreon. New episodes air every week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the Last Sisyphus, or shoot me an email at Colin, C-O-L-L-I-N, Jones, the number 15, at ProtonMail.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>